Um, yeah, on a, on a day to day. Okay, I actually have a I have a whole section of day to day things that I do, which is mm. hilarious. Do you want to hear the the five funniest things I've done since I've had ADHD? Go on then. Which is way more interesting than uh, actual things. Is it funny so, or is it dark funny? Because we're British. We, you you failed to mention that at the beginning. But then I suppose everyone right. knows I'm British. So if we've been friends <laughs> in school, like, of course you're British. Um, unless you're an exchange student. But yeah, so we have a very dark sense of humour and we'll have a lot of banter. Um, so your five funny things, are they funny uh, or are they quite, like, dark? <laughs> Okay, so I had dark things and I took them out because... Ah. Um, <laughs> because you to know... our American audience and our Canadian audience and our global audience, Taiwanese audience as well. Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah, I took some bad things out, you know, and I definitely did. Um, tell me after. <laughs> all time yeah, I will. I will. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll, keep this, we'll keep this professional. <laughs> you no, know I put a shirt on for you today. Oh, I did not. <laughs> I put some you know, lipstick on. Okay. Oh, it's impressive. It's impressive as, as a mum. That's, that's yeah. good. I mean, I'm not wearing anything underneath here. But oh, that, you know, that doesn't matter. Don't stand up. Don't stand up. <laughs> okay, go on. Five things. Okay, five funniest things that I've done. Um, this isn't uh, uh, last week. I tried to put my coat in the fridge, which is a good <laughs> one. And yeah. a very common ADHD thing to do. So you're not thinking. You're kind of going around, and then you're like. Yeah, I went to put my I opened the fridge, went to put my coat in, and it wasn't until I tried to put the coat in the fridge that I thought that would be that you processed you know, it so, exactly. So that, that's yeah. the type of thing that I will do all of the time. I'll put things in silly places. I have put my wallet in the fridge. That has happened. But um, I, I feel and, like a lot of people do that that don't have um, ADHD as well because like I have mum, I have mum is... brain right now, and I tried to brush my teeth with face wash. Oh, that's one of my things. I did. I washed oh, no my teeth with antiseptic cream, <laughs> which is a good one. And it wasn't until it was that kind of moment of wait a minute, there's something wrong here. Yeah, you know, and, and yeah, I've done that before. So that's that's really common. I think the difference between someone who's neurodiverse and someone who's neurotypical is that the, the person who's neurodiverse does that about everything. <laughs> yeah oh okay okay so they do it more frequently and you know because when someone says to me oh yeah well, i do that all the time it a part of me goes yeah but you don't do it every five seconds yeah <laughs> you know it's kind yeah. of belittles the thing that you're kind of struggling with in a way so no, i get that and and we actually we had a conversation the other night and i was telling you about um cheryl's husband who's got adhd and yeah. we got it she picked me up to we were spending the day together as a new mum. I was I was escaping my baby for the day. And we went out and we got in the car and she was like, oh, Alec, which is her husband. Everyone knows that. She was like, oh, Alex left his wallet in the car. And I was like, oh, okay. She was like, oh, he's gone out for dinner. Has it got his card in it? And we checked and she was like, no, it's okay. He's got his card. And then she sits down and she's like, what's this? And then she's like, oh, his keys. And she's like, God, he's, everything's everywhere. And I was like, that's a symptom of his ADHD. You know that, Cheryl. And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, it's it's like he's everywhere and and and, and scatterbrain yeah. almost, you know, like leave stuff here, there. And it's like, you've gone out for the day with your daughter, yet you forgot your wallet, you forgot your car keys, they're in her car kind of thing. And I was like, that's the type of stuff that my friend Stephen, who has ADHD, also talks about like constantly. And I remember going on yeah. holiday with you and... Ah! Even, not even just holiday, like hanging out with you at your house. We could never leave the house. You could never just say no. to you, right, okay, let's go. We're going to go uh, to the pub or we're going to go to band practice or whatever. It was, okay, oh, wait, I've got this. 
oh now I've got this and it was like I didn't know at the time obviously but it used to really piss me off it was just like why yeah, man, did you it, never it, leave the house it would drive you crazy and everybody crazy so most people in that case before you say so say if you're going to come around my house and then we were going to go and do something mm. most people would go oh in 15 minutes my friend is going to come around so I'm going to get my wallet and my keys and my phone ready and to go out or anything I might need yeah see what I would do is I would go okay I need to do those things and then I'll get distracted by something yeah yeah. And then it would be like 10 minutes left. I'm like, oh, it's okay. I've still got 10 minutes, but I'm completely time blind, which is another, mm-hmm. uh, but, another ADHD symptom. And that's where it gets, that's where it was hard for me because when we went to Mablethorpe with my family, my mum would say, oh, we're all going to go to the beach at this time. And I'd be yeah, like, oh, okay, yeah, exactly. great. And I'm ready. And then it would be 20 minutes before we're leaving. And I would say, Stephen, we're going to leave for the beach in 20 minutes. And I kid you not, Stephen, you sat in a chair and were drink- was drinking a cup of tea. And then when my family said they wanted to leave, you were like, oh, wait, I need to get a shower. And then I would get annoyed. The first time I wasn't, I was like, yeah, sure, go get a shower. We'll go to the beach together. But I remember, I really remember a point where you did it to me so many times that one time I went, I'm not waiting for you, I'm going. And you're like, all right, chill out, cat. Why are you so annoyed? Why are you getting so angry? And then you asked me to go on a walk with you and talk to you about why I was getting so irritated and annoyed. And the same happened at Reading Festival between us. Like I said to you, yeah. don't leave my chair outside the tent because someone would steal it. You I left forgot. my chair outside the tent. I got really angry and you were like, it's just a chair, chill out. And it would really annoy me. So it's one of those things as well where like, um, and I, I've obviously experienced it throughout my whole life. Yeah. is that people have taken the things like things that i've done which i'm going to call adhd isms <laughs> and they've got angry about those things and for me it's almost like well i can't do anything about those things i it you know it's almost like it's not my fault but i didn't know that i had adhd so it's quite difficult for one to process those things because you're really upset that you've upset that other person but right. you've tried your best Mm-hmm. And you almost feel like, okay, well, who's the victim here? Blah, blah, blah. Not that it's important. But if I knew that I had ADHD, you would have probably been less angry about it because I had ADHD and you knew about it. Yeah. And then I would be like, and I would have probably made a more more of an effort to try and remember to put your chair in the tent. I would have just like been like, you I know, would have handcuffed you to the chair and been like, you're not forgetting it tonight. There you go. You know, and, solved. <laughs> I would have like, is... found a way. Yeah. And that isn't in a kinky way, just a, <laughs> that's in a... <laughs> Come into my tent, handcuffed to the chair. <laughs> Ew. I say uh, UK festivals are very different to festivals around the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we basically camp in shit. Anyway, um, <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah, so what... Um, what you, you mentioned two things. What were the other three things that uh, you do? And so the other three funny things is... Um, okay, once I was preparing for a scuba diving test that I had to do when I was learning to scuba dive. And I used the wrong textbook for the test. And I turned up to the test. And you know what the funny thing about it is, you know when you have that nightmare and then you run a test and you don't know any of the answers, you know, that's somebody's biggest fear. That actually happened to me because all of the questions on this test, I was like, I don't know any of them. And I was like, so what I had done is I'd researched the grade above the grade that I was already on. So I researched some more technical answers. Yeah. So I didn't know any of the basic ones. 
And um, that won me, um, what's it? I think it was scuba diving incident of the year at our awards at the end of the year. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's an accomplishment. Do you take that lightheartedly or do you, is that not so, funny to you? So when, when you have had this thing throughout your entire life, you tend to lean in as, as a british person you lean mm. into the skid because we yeah. are and i am an absolute piss taker i give people as much shit as they give to me and yeah. i'm usually the first one to dish it out to be honest mm-hmm. yeah. probably to take the attention off myself right but um when someone would mock me for something is a it's a level of acceptance in a way yeah and I think, yes, there was a little bit of shame and embarrassment about me not, you know, going through the same book, but it's also quite funny. And, I like um, that's a good personality trait to have. And I do think a lot of British people have that. Uh, we know how to yeah. laugh at ourselves because our banter is dark. So that's not that exactly. dark. That's actually making is, a though... positive out of a situation and making a, a positive um, something to remember the situation by. It's a funny story. You know exactly but the, you know it's like the time like you know when we were in the band with eddie mm. and then we were playing um what's it your song by Alton john mm. and and then and then and then eddie was like we need to stop what we're doing right now and only work on this song that song's amazing because he thought we had written the song so he'd never heard your song by Alton john what yeah i didn't know that that was the funniest thing ever i, I was dying i don't you know. remember that i don't remember, remember that. that was amazing oh but my that, God, that in its that. own right he just yeah. didn't pick up the cue that it was we had mentioned that yeah this song is my album john and this and the other <laughs> he just hadn't he was obviously thinking about something else like mind wandering Looking back at it as well, like um, slightly off topic, but it must have been really difficult for Eddie dealing with you and I. It's not easy well, to be Eddie, familiar Eddie's with probably, us. He's probably neurodiverse as well. You know, yeah. you've seen him, like, you know, spacing out every five seconds. Oh, so. massively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you've, got, you've probably got dyslexia in some ways. In some I, I have dyslexia and, then, and that's why yeah. when you say about the test taking, I actually question more so if that is part of your dyslexia and um, because that happens to me a lot. I'm very prone to doing things like that, uh, making the wrong spreadsheet or getting the wrong date. I turned up to a mummy meeting and all the mums that listen to this that... Um, that I did my mummy meeting with in Taiwan, they all know I literally turned up a week before um, to for the first mummy meeting that I was having. It's like a foreign for foreign people, and um, yep. it's run by the doula that was on our show, Angela. And I turned up to the to the room that she'd given us on our Line app, which is like WhatsApp. And um, I went into the room, and it was just full of men. And I was like, oh, this isn't normal. I was like, babe, we've got the wrong room. We've got the wrong room. And Colin was like, no, 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 it's it's, it's this room. And I was like, yeah, but, and we walked in and um, everyone was like, come sit down, come sit down. And we were like, really? And we walked in and they were really <laughs> friendly. And then we were like, is this the mummy class? And they were like, no. And I was like, obviously, it's literally a room of like Japanese. <laughs> and I was like, okay, bye. Like, how? And I walk out and stuff like that. I'm really bad with dates. I'm really bad with time. And I am someone that would study for the wrong test. That so they some happen. of those things might be dyslexia, but some of them might be something else. And they, I think this is the kind of thing that we have to be careful about with neurodiversity because mm. the the first sign of me having ADHD is the fact that I was 
dyslexic because I think there's a huge, I think it's something like, four, is there's a statistic, I think I've got it on here, mm. like the statistics of people that can have other conditions if you have ADHD, you're more likely to have, what's it, was it 20, 25 to 40% of adults who have ADHD are more likely to have anxiety disorders. If you have ADHD, you have a higher percentage of having dyslexia. Yeah, dyscalculia. Also, pathways in your brain, isn't it? It's like um, with dyslexic people. I, I, I think I, I researched into it a long time ago because I got so fed up of having to explain it to Taiwanese people yeah. that I had dyslexia um, when at work and it literally when you look at a brain scan of someone who has dyslexia it is it actually looks different at the front like there's a pathway that we have that's like stronger or something like it looks more divided than someone who doesn't have dyslexia yeah well it's it's neural pathways again isn't it so it's it's still to do with your serotonin dopamine and neuroepinephrine levels so yeah it's quite similar to adhd in that respect so you're you're I don't know, the best way to kind of look at it is, have you ever seen, like, the film Inside Out, you know, the Pixar movie, where they have the people inside Such the girl's head? a pet? good film. So good. And I always recommend this film to parents. When your child is old enough yeah. to understand, they should watch this film because it really breaks down thought processes okay. and emotions. Yeah. Right, think about ADHD in that respect. And, okay, so you remember you got the main character in the film is, like, Joy, okay? Mm-hmm. So Joy in the film is, like, really, really, like, enthusiastic, about everything and so that's like that's you could connect that to like maybe like dopamine Mm -hmm. so and you see in the film that the girl gets sad because she has to move house fit into a new school Mm -hmm. and then it's not working is it because she can't be happy all the time and then you look at sadness to be something you know i don't know if you look at that to be um uh what's the other one oh yeah okay you got sadness so you got sadness as well so sadness is kind of like fear disgust and anger yeah, so if we looked at those three, so you look at dopamine to be like joy. She's yeah. often, dopamine is the thing that gives you enthusiasm to be able to want to do something. Mm. And then if you look at um, serotonin, serotonin is like sadness. And even though ser- serotonin is like the feel good kind of transmitter, mm. it's also the thing that kind of balances our emotions. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have serotonin in your brain, then you can't balance those level of emotions. Right. So, you know, in the film, you see that the girl is really sad yeah. and they need to bring sadness into help and enjoy has to set aside, Yeah. for example. Yeah. And and if you look at um, neuropinephrine, then you're looking at like, maybe look at anger because, um, you know, in the film, when angry gets really angry and then there's bursts of anger, hmm. um, that is the kind of the imbalance of chemicals that you're more likely to get angry if you don't have those neuropinephrine. Okay. So... If you look at those three components, people with ADHD are not going to have those, are not going to have that balance. So, for example, Joy, <laughs> in, um, Inside Out, if it was a, you know, a, you know, somebody with ADHD, would be really unenergetic. <laughs> okay, yeah, and, yeah. And wouldn't be up all the time. And serotonin, like uh, sadness, I don't know, you know. So would you say that ADHD is a chemical imbalance? Oh, yeah, it is exactly what it is. Okay, because I know there's people out there that don't believe that it is a chemical imbalance. Yeah, there is. um, But that's not scientifically. The the scientific studies that have been done for ADHD have Mm. been done on thousands of people. And then there's people who have also just got opinions on it. Yeah. And there are some, there's somebody that I follow, I think, uh, Daniel Arman, and 
that he's scanned like 60 patterns and brains yeah and he's got some really good information on adhd however his theories aren't scientifically proved they haven't been put into studies right. so you have to kind of look at the facts that we do have and opinion is different to scientific facts and yeah. i think realistically if you look at the studies that we do have um it's if our brains don't have these levels of chemicals and they're not producing them there will be symptoms for those things and before we go into like diagnosis and like awareness of it i just want to kind of tap into your day-to-day -day life just a little bit more um i want to know what did your teachers say about you when you were at school that now you look back on you're like oh my god that was so obvious okay so this is going to be really interesting because mm -hmm. as a teacher you're going to be able to really respond to these things quite well okay mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. i went back and looked at all of my school reports for this okay that's really cool <laughs> and um it has it was almost a bit of a therapeutic journey for mm -hmm. me and i also spoke to my mum as well between the ages of four and five yeah. which is kindergarten i suppose do you call it kindergarten yeah kindergarten yeah we call yeah. it reception yeah reception. What's it kindergarten by the way it's kindergarten not garden Garten, it's a german word yeah but they like say kindergarten but, cup. yeah but it's um it is a german word but it's pronounced kindergarten for americans that'd be child garden well do, do you want to hear something even crazier <laughs> do you know how they pronounce ad um adidas adidas yes and I'm like, no, it's Adidas. Anyway. Is it Adidas, though? No, it's actually Adidas. What, the god of Adidas? Because it's a Greek thing, isn't it? I don't know. I'm yeah, not anyway, sure. carry on. Yeah, let's go. This is, this is, this is a perfect exam example of getting sidetracked. This is yeah. ADHD all over. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're talking about something, and then it's like, all of a sudden, the conversation has changed. <laughs> okay. So you're a um, <laughs> But um, where were we? So, um, yeah. So um, reception, kindergarten, wherever it may be, no one really noticed. So between the ages of four and five, I didn't really show any signs of having being so. My mum knew I was a little slow, mm -hmm. but she she didn't really notice anything. But I was very, very energetic as a child. And right. my brother was as well. We were very, very energetic children. So my mum found that quite, you know, quite challenging and then she other people would talk about how energetic we were yeah <laughs> but I mean, it wasn't until i was about maybe five or six maybe year one where people started to notice that i might be a little different so okay. i have got a quote here stephen needs encouragement to complete a task yeah so if you've got somebody in your class and you were like a child in your class and they're staring mm -hmm. at the piece of paper and they can't work out that problem without a teacher or support uh -huh, uh -huh. I'm not sure if you've experienced that. So. Many times, obviously, many times, um, but not always a symptom. Not always the case for ADHD. Not always the case for ADHD no. at all. This could also just be child development. So I suppose yeah, my experience of yeah. yeah, my experience of ADHD or my experience of learning and developing is going to be very different to somebody else's. Yeah. And ADHD certainly does not affect one person the way it does another. And there are mm -hmm. different types, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which we'll probably get into a little bit more. Mm. Um, but yeah, so that, they were the first thing. So that was the first time that, you know, they noticed. And all the way through my school reports, it says the same thing. Okay. So another one as well 
can get easily upset when things go wrong. Yeah. So if I was to fail at something, I would get upset about it. Mm-hmm. So if I was to get a question wrong on a test, I would get upset about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that has got to do with dis- uh, emotional dysregulation. Okay. Yeah. And it'd be the same now for me, though. It hasn't changed as an adult. If I fail at something, I it hits me more than anything. Right. And the fear of that failure makes me over-prepare for stuff. Like, right. And like before this, I definitely over-prepared. Yeah, I got way yeah. more information than we would ever be able to cover. But I know if I didn't needed to dig on it, it would feel like it wasn't a failure. So that is something that gets me now. So if you do see a kid in the class and they're taking worse than maybe losing a game or something like that, that mm. might be a sign of yeah. maybe a slow development. It could be. It could um, also be a sign of being spoiled as well and being told that you're amazing all the time. And then finally, when you come to school and you're in a real society and like being socialized properly in a school well, and then realizing hard, that mummy and daddy How have you always told you you're great yeah so well that's the thing as well isn't it because if someone has been making those exceptions for you in your home life mm-hmm. and then they don't do it in school then yeah. then then the symptoms might be acerbated a little bit more if you've got something yeah. so yes yeah. i mean but the reasons for it are you know are very very different for um other people here's a good one Stephen has tried hard this year and has benefited from small group sessions. His progress in reading has been especially pleasing. So it's interesting to read that. Small group sessions for people who who have ADHD or dyslexia are better. And I think the reason for it is, Mm -hmm. is because there's reduced distractions. Because the thing about ADHD is... It's not that you're you've got a deficit of attention. It's that you're hyper focusing on so many other things mm. that you get distracted. Mm. So if there's less distractions in the room, five kids in the class, you're more engaged and you're more likely to concentrate. But I also think that for a teacher that teaches it, when and I've taught smaller classes and I've tutored, you have more time to break down information and you have more time to give one on one answers to those kids. And when you have a processing, I wouldn't even say a problem. I just say when you process things differently, you can't have a generic way of teaching something for all students. But in a fast paced school and environment, that's all the teachers have. So it's not always their fault. Sometimes it is just bad teachers. And then sometimes it is lack of time and lack of facilities and availability to be able to break down for four students. And I remember with my dyslexia in year six with Mrs. Hallahan at Long Lawford School saying, like, I don't understand this. Mrs. Hallahan. Like, yeah. Let's talk about Mrs. Hallahan. Yeah. And I re- uh, yeah. But I remember her saying, we don't have time to go over that again. And then moving past it, and it was just like, but with teaching, you you're scaffolding, right. right? So if you if you go to the next level, and that level hasn't been learned, you can't go to the next level. You haven't scaffolded that information. So for people that are dyslexic or have ADHD, if they haven't been able to grasp at the bottom scaffolding, then they're not going to be able to grasp the next level and the next level past that. So a smaller well, class will allow that more, possibly. And I think you've got to think about strategies in school because I think when I was in school, I benefited most when I was next to a smart kid. Mm-hmm. Because that kid is all, and essentially becomes a teacher, right? Mm-hmm. So if I was, if I missed something in class and I wasn't paying attention, I could then lean on that kid 
to go, okay, I didn't hear that from the teacher. I don't want to ask the teacher again. I'm going to ask you. And if you put that in place, one, the other kid becomes emotionally sensitive that you all might be struggling a little bit. Two, the teacher doesn't have to answer the question again. And, and then three, maybe you're the type of person that needs to learn from an answer rather than the question. Yeah. You know what I mean?